Welcome to the Common Round. Medical education for medical students by medical students. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And joining us today is our executive producer, Gautam. If you haven't joined us before, we're basically two medical students talking to each other and just going through lecture contents that we've been taught and hopefully um, generating some meaningful discussions and yeah. helping you guys revise that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I guess the whole point is that we're really bored of constantly reading lectures and not mm-hmm. feeling that we've can really talk ideas through yep. so this is where the, the idea came from so andy we were talking about female genital tumors and i think we've yes. pretty much covered all the female genital tumors yes. that we've thought were important um, and that i think from our reading has shown to be important but now we're going to finish off the discussions on just genital tumors in general and going to the males as well yeah. exactly right mm. so do you want to kick us off let's i think the first one that everyone knows is Cancer is associated with the prostate, right? Prostate, yes. But before we talk about that, yep. what is the prostate and you know why do we worry about it? Mm. So the prostate is a chestnut-shaped uh, gland that is underneath the bladder. Yep. And um, it can enlarge. And it's very specific in males because only males have prostates. And um, let's say if you've got an enlargement or a disease that's happening there, it can affect, um, it can lead to cancers or yeah. it could lead to urinary obstructions. And it's, it's good to have an idea of what's happening. Absolutely. Right. Is it true that the prostate can be divided into a number of zones, like the normal mm. prostate? Yes. So what are they? In addition to like the, the lobes that they have. So we've got zones. You've got a central zone, a transitional zone, and a peripheral zone. Yeah. The central zone um about five so you have to probably need to grab a um grab a textbook or go online i think any good anatomy textbook should have these yeah so you can have a look and see whereabouts they're located but about five to ten percent of the nodes are nodules in a um male urogenital cancers can arise from the the prostate of the prostate yes could arise from the central zone so whereabouts would the central zone be i think they would be following the um Semin, seminal duct the ejaculatory duct i think it's what it's called yeah so it's 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 sort of like a semicircle that follows the ejaculatory duct mm. but there are other zones aren't there there's a couple of zones i think the one that you need to know for um mm. further later down in our talk would be peripheral and transition zone they're really important yes central zones are important but they're not as important how about we focus on peripheral mm. and transition because they're super important to understand yes with the transitional zone, a major thing that comes out of this area is a benign prostate hyperplasia. Yeah, and so the trans uh, transition zone is commonly around the urethra. That's mm-hmm. what the transition zone is. And mm. all the outside area is called the peripheral zone, so periphery on the outside. Mm. And periphery is important Makes when sense. we talk about actual adenocarcinomas of the prostate, which are yep. really important. Now, you mentioned it's a glandular structure. Mm-hmm. What is the gland normally made from? Is it just glands or does it have supporting structure? What's the deal with that? Well, in a normal prostate, you've got a fibromuscular stroma, mm-hmm. so the supporting tissue, and you've got glands that, that are um, that are present. Yeah. Within the glands, you've got two very important layers, mm, an epithelial really and a basal layer. It's very The reason why we mention it is because later on, you can have other hyperplasias of, uh, or like... Um, you can have glands that develop, but they could either be missing one layer, yeah. and then you can know that that's, that's abnormal. So yeah. you need to know there's epithelial and basal layers. Exactly. So sorry, it was a bit of a, um, a confusing, maybe a bit of a confusing start, but you've got yep. the prostate. It's a chestnut structure located um, in the... It's not quite the per- perineum, is it? Or no. is it the perineum? Uh, 
Maybe it is just below the bladder. Yeah, yeah. as you guys can tell, anatomy is not our <laughs> strong suit. We're, we we prefer pathology and pharmacology we'll, we'll, and anything. We'll find else. somebody else to help us later on. I think in a future through, yeah. um, future block on anatomy, but you've got transition transitional zone, which yeah. is around the urethra, yeah. which is really important for let's say benign prostatic hyperplasia. Yeah, and you also have the peripheral zone, which is important for your nasty cancers that we're about to talk about. Mm. Um, so with that in mind, Andy, yes. can we talk about some benign causes of swelling or growth of the prostate? Okay. Oh, actually, non-neoplastic. Yeah, let's start with non-neoplastic. Yeah. So let's say with um, a non-neoplastic cause of a swelling in the prostate could be prostatitis, chronic prostatitis, in fact. So this is an, in, uh, a long-term inflammation of the prostate. What it could present as... It could, is as a dysuria mm. or uh, so with pelvic or lower back pain yeah exactly mm. so it's not really an infection is it because mm. in these patients you would have examined them you, you the first thing you would do is try to rule out an infection so this is chronic prostatitis without overt signs of an infective organism so you haven't been able to culture anything no yet you can still see white blood cells mm. or lymphocytes and i don't think it's known why this happens so when you look at a histology mm. there's lymphocyte infiltrates but the you know the reason mm. why this occurs is not understood mm. um so if you guys know a reason please let us know because we've looked into into this and i haven't come across anything i think it's one of those unknown things mm. um so yeah you've got chronic prostatitis or prostatitis yeah are there any other sort of non-neoplastic uh, examples as well can you have deposits in the prostate that are not... Yeah, you can have uh, calculi, so mm. like um, stones, or you could have amyloids, yeah. so like an abnormal protein that, yeah. that's deposited there. Exactly. Um, other causes could be a um, granulomatous mm. prostatitis. This could be a secondary cause from a BCG treatment. Yeah, um, or infections, I think, can, mm. can lead to that as well. But let's talk about what everyone's really interested in hearing, and that's the neoplastic type. Yes. So you've got, obviously, benign neoplasm and malignant neoplasm. Mm -hmm. What are some examples of benign cases of prostate neoplasm? One case of that would be the benign prostatic hyperplasia. That's the most common thing, isn't it? BPH, yes. Very common. In the community, you could see a lot of elderly people taking medications mm. because of BPH. Yeah, exactly. We mentioned previously that this is a periurethelial hyperplasia of the surrounding tissue, the stroma, particularly in the transitional zone. Yes. So BPH is in the transitional zone. Mm. And why does it happen? So you said that you get hyperplasia of the epithelial. It's called periurethelial yep. um, uh, and stromal cell hyperplasia. But what is it related to a particular hormone, Andy, or a yes. more potent version of a particular hormone? I it's, think you know where I'm going with this. Yes, it's DHT. So the, um, the stronger version of testosterone. Yes. Testosterone is converted to DHT by 5-alpha reductase. And this is, then if you understand this, you'll understand what, uh, once we learn about the treatments, you'll understand why. Mm. But yes, so it's related to uh, DHT, and then DHT acts on the androgen receptors of the stroma, and that causes them to hyperproliferate, exactly. hyperplastic. And yeah, so you've got an enlargement there. So yeah. actually, probably not hyperproliferate, but hyperplasia. And the difference, hyperplasia is increasing in number of Cell, cells. cells yeah. So that's where the mass increases. Yeah. And so obviously, if you get this increase in mass, yeah. that could, and we said that it's transurethelial, it's around the urethra, you mm. can start getting compression of the urethra. So at nighttime, for example, these men may present with like dribbling when mm. they try to um, pass urine. Mm. They might get up with frequent urinary um, sensation of emptying their bladder. But I think this condition actually increases the risk of 
infections because、mm. these patients are not able to flush out the urethra、mm. with urine. And so there's an increased risk of infection and there's an increased risk of prostitutes. And this thing called hydronephrosis, where、yes. it's the kidney actually,、uh, I think it swells up because of too much、uh, urine blockage and yeah. And, 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 yeah. Exactly right. Now, let's talk about、uh, another type of neoplasm. That is benign, and that's leiomyomas,、uh, which we talked about. So it's a, a smooth muscle abnormality, but it's not associated with、um, malignancy. And I think we mentioned this in、um, uterine cancers as well、mm. that you can get women can get uterine leiomyomas as well. Yeah. But the one that's really important today about the prostate is the pros- prostatic adenocarcinomas. They're really concerning, aren't they?、Mm. So we're going into the malignant. Yeah, malignant these are the malignant、form. ones. Yep. So a prostatic adenocarcinoma usually occurs in elderly males, and is probably one of the most common cancers in men.、Mm, and、yeah. um, as, in in contrast to the benign prostate hyperplasia, these guys occur in the peripheral zone, and as Hamid described, they're on the surrounding outer area, a bit further away from the prostatic urethra. Yes. So in BPH, they are close to the the urethral ducts、uh, of the tract. So that can cause the incontinence symptoms, but as prostatic adenocarcinoma is further away from it, you won't really get the、um, urinary symptoms、mm. unless it's at a very end,、uh, at, at, unless it's enlarged to a very large extent. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's a concern, isn't it? Because、mm. if you can't pee, you go to see a, see a doctor. But in these patients, they might present really late. But there are two ways of diagnosing it, aren't there? Okay. So you have the、um, rectal. Digital exam. Yes. And often, when you insert your fingers into the rectum,、mm. you might feel this increased nodularity or firmness.、Ah. So macroscopically, when、yep. you remove, let's say, these prostate, you see these highly nodular as opposed to a smooth surface. Sure. They get these nodularities as well. Yeah. And also, they're quite hard and firm, unlike the prostate.、Mm. Um, now, in terms of other clinical examinations that you might perform, then、mm. you might also have to do an aspirate. So you can look at it microscopically, and remember how we mentioned、mm-hmm. in the normal histology that you have basal, and then you have glandular、uh, component,、yeah, yes, epithelial components. Now you see back-to-back glands, as we mentioned,、oh. and back-to-back glands when we talked about the urethelial or the uterine,、mm-hmm. uh, sorry, endometrial cancers. The back-to-back gland is really ab- abnormal because there's no stroma in、it、between. Was, yes, do you remember that? Yeah, we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So the same thing you can see here. So where I kind of remember is that. To、mm. me, the prostate is sort of like it's it's a weird thing to say, but it, the features of it, the cancer features of it, remind me a lot of the uterine.、Mm. You have you know leiomyomas; they both have like they have back to back glands and they have abnormal sort of presentation.、Mm. So it kind of reminds me of that. And also, let's say the BPH was because of the increased hormonal stimulation、mm. compared to like the endometrial. which is endometrial hyperplasia, yeah,、exactly. isn't it? Yeah. So there、yeah. are very similarities. It's amazing. So、mm. they're kind of the. His and her versions of these things,、yeah. which is for him and for her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.、Um, now, there, there's a particular there's a particular controversial hormone that that or, or marker and, that we yeah, need to mention. It's the prostatic specific antigen, a PSA. And、um, this is very controversial. Do you want to maybe mention why? I don't quite understand the controversy behind it. Was it that the increase in it? Whether if people are debating whether if you should screen for it because of the side effects of being falsely diagnosed with it. Yeah. So a lot of what, what men can have. Prostate cancer, right? But it can、okay. be a portion of it can be indolent. Now, when your doctor or orders a, a PSA test,、yeah. if that comes up as high, it may cause you to undertake an intervention that maybe causes the patient to be impotent or you know losing continence and things like that. Okay. 
Whereas if you hadn't intervened, this tumor may have not actually done much. So the person may have died okay. from cardiovascular disease or something else. Because this occurs in, in old age. Yes. And so you're exposing these patients to these intensive, highly mm. invasive procedures or over a blood screening test that might not necessarily eventuate. The only problem is, I don't think at this stage we know what PSAs, mm. which tumors to take seriously and which ones to say, hey, these, you know, yeah. yeah, they're bad. They have potential for malignancy, but how much, how likely is that to... Ah. So that's where the controversy cool. is. And I think there are strict guidelines. I think the College of GPs has, has released... Um, guidelines that you guys can look look up and, and, and have a bit of a read. And they discuss these issues as well. Nice. Um, so, yeah, so you mentioned that PSA goes up. What happens if we don't sort of treat it? Does it have a particular area that it can metastasize? Mm. So from the prostate, it could spread to lumbar spine mm. or pelvis. And these are pretty much common regions where uh, the adenocarcinoma could spread. Yeah. And uh, results in the osteoblastic metastases that mm. present, could, it could show as lower back pain. Exactly, and that's why so the patients don't present with urinary problems. They present with this severe ongoing back pain, and then unfortunately you do a CT scan and you pick up, oh no, there's prostate, there's possibly prostate tumor. Mm. So we mentioned about the macro, which is nodular, and we also mentioned about the micro features as well, back to back yes. glands, for example. Mm-hmm. There's no basal layer; it's just a single layer of glands. Mm. Um, that's all I wanted to talk about in terms of adenocarcinoids. Is there anything else you, you want to add? I think there was a bit of a grading system with a yes. modified Gleason grading. Yeah, yeah, we mentioned that. Um, forgot, forgot about that. Yeah, so depending on the... I think you probably would take a biopsy and then have a look and, mm. and, and see. Depending on the architectural structure, you could um, classify at different grades, but that's probably the extent as I understand it. Yeah, and also the Gleason grade, from my understanding, yep. tells you about the prognosis. The higher mm. the grade, I mean, yep. it kind of makes sense if, you, if mm. you've got grade one versus grade grade four. Grade four yep. is, has a much worse prognosis than grade one. Yes. So it's used for indicating prognosis of, of your prostate cool. tumors as well. Yes. Um, I think once you've removed your prostate, though, once you've had an intervention, the PSA is useful because then you can monitor response to treatment. That's mm. where its utility is. So probably not screening, but for monitoring. For monitoring your yeah. response. That's so pretty much prostate adenocarcinomas. Yes. Um, let's talk about tumors affecting the penis. Okay. Because believe it or not, the penis can have tumors as well, just like the <laughs> vaginal vo- uh, um, vulva as well. Yeah. Um, you don't expect them, this sort of area to have tumors, but you can, you can actually get tumors. So you can have benign and neoplastic ones. What are some examples of benign? Uh, once again, non-neoplastic. Um, so with a non-neoplastic one, we could get them from... Um, Condylomas, I think is what we've, yeah, what we've talked about before. And that was, I think common in remember how we mentioned that in that's the, right well, there was a condyloma in um female vulvas yeah. wasn't it yeah exactly and so this, low t- low grade hpv um yeah. infections wasn't it yeah. so, so it's, six it's, and it's essentially genital warts yes is another name for it um now you can have congenital manifestations as well so where the propuse or the foreskin of the when the baby is born the, it's a congenital abnormality but the foreskin mm. doesn't retract mm. sometimes you might need to have surgical interventions to yes. remove this sort of abnormal growth but let's talk about the neoplastic kind now because that's where we were the topic mm-hmm. is about cancer after all yeah so what are some examples of benign neoplasms of the of the penis they've got some uh interesting names mm-hmm. um do you know what they are not too sure actually okay that's all right so they're called um they're called bones disease and that's when remember how we mentioned in the vulva 
you can have Luca Plake here. Okay. Similar thing. It seems to be like really equivalent in terms yeah. of some of those presents. So you can have Luca Plake here where you have hyperkeratosis of the, mm-hmm. the skin. Yeah. Uh, Bowen's disease mainly refers to Luca Plake affecting the penis and the scrotum. Okay. Whereas there are other terms. I think erythroplasia of, is it queer, queer art? Um, that's the, it's, it's, a, it's similar to Bowen's disease, but it affects the glands of the penis. So the, I guess the top, mm. top of the pen. The, the penis okay so yeah that's your precursors sure but that can so this is dysplasia so that's carcinoma in situ mm. but what does carcinoma in situ transform into it, well it becomes a malignant uh, proliferation yeah. once it goes past the basal exactly basement and what's effect. an yeah basement yeah. and what's an example of mm. so i think um a malignant type is called a squamous carcinoma of yes. the penis mm-hmm. and what are some of the risk factors for it okay so the, one of the risk factors that I read about was um, a high risk, a high grade HPV infection, yeah. so type sixteen or type eighteen, mm-hmm. and that's the majority of cases. And I think if you're not uh, circums, uh, if men are not Circumcised. circumcised, uh, yeah. and there's a higher risk of inflammation and irritation, and that's another risk factor as well for it. Mm. Um, so yeah, so in terms of a benign form, uh, an example of that is your Bowen's disease, yep. uh, that can then eventually transform into your full-blown squamous carcinoma okay so keep that in the back of your mind and obviously that's associated with leukoplakia as well sure now can you have sort of abnormal masses in the scrotum as well well one of the things that you can find there is a thing called a hydrocele and from the name i I guess it suggests that it's it's fluid that accumulates within the tunica vaginalis Mm. layer yeah and one of the things that uh it was a very interesting picture that we got shown was that somebody had their um a, a torch pressed up against this yeah. room and you shine the light through and it, t- it the, ho- the whole mass was uh, just lit up. Transluminated, wasn't it? Yes. This point is what you mentioned is really important when we talk about testicular tumors, which mm. I guess is a good segue to, to talking about it. Yes. Now, I hope you guys have had a chance to listen to our, fi- our, our talk on ovarian cancer because there's so many similarities between testicular mm. cancers and ovarian so cancers. If you haven't, have a t- go back and have a listen to it yeah. after, after this one. Exactly. Yeah. So with the testes, like we said, for the ovarian cancers, the, the testes are made from epithelial or made from stromal cells or mm-hmm. sex cord cells, as well as obviously sperm, which is your germline cells. Yes. We won't talk too much about the um, the stromal cells because they're not very common. Okay. What's common, more common, is your germline tumors. Yeah. And how germline tumors divide? There are two broad classes, aren't there? Yes. So in this case, you would divide them as seminomatous versus non-seminomatous. Yeah. And yeah. there's a particular reason to it, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. So with seminomatous, we should mention that that's almost equivalent to this um, germinoma, which is yes. the ovarian equivalent, isn't it? Of the oocytes, yeah. That's right. Mm. So seminomas are tumors that are relatively well circumscribed, that are also um, uh, a white in nature, which probably reflects the fact that they may be stemming from um, premature sperm. Mm-hmm. They've got a really good response though, to radiotherapy. They have a potential to... Uh, become malignant mm. but the fact that they're so responsive to to radiotherapy is a really good thing mm. but before we talk too much about mm-hmm. the different tumors there are some broad principles we need to keep in mind firstly do you biopsy testicular tumors you don't really go through the scrotum for it no you you really should not and often mm. the the mass is completely removed do you know why you do that I think it had something to do with the drainage, the lymphatic yes. drainage, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, because I think you might, from my very, very, very basic understanding of the embryology was that the testicles and the ovaries, they develop 
higher up in the abdominal from the cavity. abdomen and they descend into the squishy exactly side. and yeah. so their lymphatic drainage actually goes up towards the aorta yeah. whereas yeah. in the scrotum it they're they're located in the lower region so their drainage is completely different i think it goes into inguinal lymph nodes whereas exactly. the um scrotum just like remember the vagina mm. goes into the so i'm just trying to make these connections so you guys yeah. l- memorize less but mm. like the vagina um the testes empty into the iliac uh lymph nodes mm. And so, if you disturb these testicular tumors, which more more than likely have this potential to metastasize, and mm. suddenly they are drained out, uh, so you, mm. they're disturbed, yep. you might get some in the scrotum, and they can metastasize into the inguinal lymph nodes, yes. and that can become much more difficult to manage than just completely removing the testes. Definitely. So that's why we sort of worry about it. And you know how you mentioned hydrocils, you put a torch, and you yes. el- trans-illuminate the testes. Yeah. With testicular tumors in general you can't do that it's it, the light doesn't get through because it's a okay. bigger mass it's a thicker mass so that's uh-huh. another way of thinking about nice about it as well yeah so you mentioned we discussed seminomas but what are the other so you said seminomas is there another type yeah so there's um non-seminomatous and that's basically that i think we're just classifying all the other different types of them under this non uh, non-seminomatous yes and the reason i think just to clarify that the seminomatous were radiosensitive whereas the other ones probably were a bit more radio resistant than the yeah and, and they have unusual behaviors and some could be chemosensitive some are chemo, some have mm-hmm. a higher propensity to metastasize yeah. let's talk through it so yeah as we mentioned with the ovarian tumors you can get teratomas. Yes. So in the ovaries, it was called cystic teratoma. In a ma- yeah. in a in a male in a testing, it's just called teratomas. Okay. And as we mentioned before, uh, in the uh, ovarian tumors, what are they? Where do they come from? They come from. They're derived from the two to three different embryo uh, embryonic layers, yeah. and that's what a teratoma is, where it, it can produce different types of tissues, mm. such as hair, uh, skin, yeah. um, bone, teeth. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, because it's mesenchyme, uh, endoderm. Ectoderm, yeah. Yep, ectoderm, mm. sorry. And so mm. the ones that actually develop into a tissue are called mature. Okay. But And they tend to have a better prognosis than the immature ones, which makes sense if immature is not as well undifferentiated, then it's a high risk for it to spread and become malignant. Yes. So that's your teratomas. Yep. Do they produce particular um, serum uh, tumor markers? From what I read, I think there was a chance of them uh, producing... AFP, alpha theta protein, yeah. or um, beta ACG, the, yeah. um, the positive pregnancy test. Exactly. Um, the protein, that the, the, the hormone that we detect in pregnancy tests. Yeah, so that's the human cryonic um, gonadotrophin. gonadotrophin. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so what's the next one? I think you can get embryonal carcinomas as well, like the ovaries. Yes, and so this would also be something that mimics the fetal tissue. But this, as you mentioned last time, they're very primitive cells that um, aren't as well-defined as the teratomas, yeah. I believe. So they're, they're primitive cells that may produce glands, and they could lead to a hemorrhagic mass with necrosis, and uh, they're very aggressive tumors with um, that could spread hematogenously very early. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So mm-hmm. other examples of um, teratomas, sorry, not teratomas, or non-seminoma tumors are yolk sac tumors, and okay. the equivalent was in, in the ovaries was the endodermal sinus tumors if i'm not mistaken all okay. the names are getting so confusing that we've oh. learned so much over the last couple yeah. of days mm. um and so they're uh, mainly uh, yolk sac structures and so you can have micros you know the appearance could be somewhat varied you can have solid ones you can have 
pipillary ones and you can have microcytic ones. Did you just do a fact check on me? Andy? Yeah, I just did a fact check. Yes, yeah, so you got the name right. And All right, dermal sinus tumors. Oh, great. Yep. Cool. Um, so it. as we were mentioning, so the yolk sac tumors can have a number of characteristics. So it can be solid, pipillary, so finger-like or microcytic. Yeah. Um, they're much more common in the young, as we mentioned in, in, yes, in the... Yes, it was the same thing yeah. as well. So it's very similar. If you guys mm. learn the female one, you can kind of translate the findings. Thankfully, yeah. So less memorizing. Mm. Let's finish up by talking about the choriocarcinomas. Yes, and just it's kind of very much similar to the female version of it. The choriocarcinoma mimics um, the placental tissue. Mm. So these guys are programmed to to track for um, uh, blood vessels. Yes. And so they they have a very bad prognosis because they're highly malignant. And as you can see, like they they have the programmed into them to spread elsewhere through Mm. through, um, through the blood. Exactly right. And because they're producing syncytotrophoblasts, which are part of the placental tissue, mm. they can produce beta-HCG as well. Mm. Um, so let's say in a man, I think we had this talk in our <laughs> previous did. episode about men yeah. having these pregnancy tests, sort of pregnancy tests done. Yeah. There is an indication for it if you're mm. suspecting a non-seminoma tumor yeah. of, the, you know, of the placental origin. Mm. Unfortunately, you can also get these mixed type, and they're the ones that are really unusual because okay. they can be any of the aforementioned Oh, types of there can be geez. teratomas there can be a mixture of teratomas a mixture of choriocarcinomas yeah. they have a terrible prognosis and they can produce um ldh they can produce afp mm. they can produce beta hcg because all mm. these different tissues can be present yes and so they've got a really terrible prognosis and are extremely aggressive okay so they're all the neoplastic ones but we forgot to talk about the non-neoplastic ones there's really two we should mention one oh, is testicular torsion oh Do you yeah. know what what's oh, involved with that so that's the twisting of the testicle isn't yeah it? So let's say um, in the testicles, you've got you've got blood vessels and veins coming into yeah. it, yet, right? And usually with the arteries, they're very thick-walled. Veins are very thin-walled. Yeah. So if, let's say, you twist your testicles, the thin-walled veins usually close off first, yes. whereas the arteries still remain open. And so that allows blood to continuously flow into your, your testicles, which yes. have a lot of space. And then so the testicles are going to flow up with blood, but unfortunately it doesn't get drained yeah, away. Exactly right. And so you're going to get ischemic necrosis, Stasis, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Another example of a non-neoplastic growth would be cryptoorchidism, where what the testes that? haven't descended. Ah, yeah. But the problem is cryptoorchidism can... Pr- uh, I think I'm pronouncing it properly. I think so, yeah. Yeah, can increase the risk of development of different kinds of mm. tumor, testicular tumors as well. Okay. Um, but sometimes they descend, or sometimes you have to... Uh, implement surgical interventions to, mm. uh, to I normalize think it. I, from from um, reproductive blocks, I remember that the dissension was quite important because of the temperature they yes. develop, and you could if you don't if they don't descend, they're the, infertile. Exactly, they? you could you could possibly be infertile. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So that's it, guys. That was um, everything you need to know uh, oh, about something. <laughs> a very well, brief overview. Brief skimming to. across the yeah. various um, tumors that could affect the male um, urogenitor. So we talked yeah. about prostate. We talked about the penis. Yes. We talked about the t- testes, which are, I think, really important yes. uh, in addition to prostate. Mm. We also mentioned the fact that you can get hydrocils in the scrotum, yes. but that's different to mm. testicular tumors mm. with the transillumination. Yeah. Um, and, and then the two types of testicular tumors. And also, there. like, if you can tell the difference of, like, uh, tell us the reason why you do not uh, biopsy a, a, a testicle through the scrotum, then I think that you yeah. have you would have covered a very high yield and important point. Exactly. Mm. So that's it for this episode. We're almost actually heading very close to the end of oncology, I think. And we're pretty Mm. glad because we have exams in Uh, two weeks. So we're cramming really hard to get podcasts out, but also trying to get a bit of revision into this. Mm. So thank you for tuning in. 
yeah to um if you like what we're doing please come and visit us on facebook give us a like share the love uh, exactly yeah, yeah. it makes it all worthwhile i know um also we've done a lot of mind maps um that are available on the website as well so if you found it a little bit hard to follow this mm. podcast because there's a lot of information you can refer to um the supporting mind map which is mm. i think really high yield because it covers everything all the essential points you need to know about what we've talked about yeah so yeah thanks for tuning in yeah and find us on facebook.com